0: Welcome to the Expeditioners Podcast, where we speak with the folks who are leading the way in IT and security. I'm your host, Zach Wasserman, CTO of Fleet and co-creator of Osprey. Now, on with the expedition. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we're joined by Jeff Chow. He's the CTO and co-founder at Abbey Labs and a proponent like me of configuration as code. So we'll be digging into that uh, quite a bit during this show. Thanks so much for joining us, Jeff.
1: Hey, Zach. Good to be here.
0: And so, Jeff, usually we like to start the show with asking folks what their story is. I mean, obviously, everyone has a really unique perspective that they bring to tech. that, And I think that's really influenced by the, the story of, of their career progression. So uh, if you wouldn't mind kind of filling us in on what's your story? How did you get to where you are today?
1: Yeah, sounds good. So... I started out in tech, in security actually, and I was one of those kids that would program, that started programming at an early age. I went to DEF CON riding the bus to Rio when I was 14, 15 years old, and uh, you know went to went to school, did a master's in network security, and then left security because I wanted to build things instead of protect things. And so I went heavy into distributed systems and databases that led me to places like Heroku, where I ran the Kafka as a service and worked on the data data team there running the Postgres as well. And then eventually I ended up at Netflix working on a variety of things, basically stream processing and observability. And I was, at the end of the day, pretty much one of the folks on call for the play button. So if that thing didn't work we would get paged so i was several layers down below running infrastructure to understand what was happening so teams could remediate said issues quickly and then i that sort of ex, that experience led me to stripe where i ran change data capture at stripe the whole name of the game there is to move data from databases down to other parts of the company said data was money data so trying to move that without dropping and losing money, that was the name of the game there. And uh, through through various experiences of distributed systems, data, DevOps, infrastructure engineering, what have you, like that led me to form Abbey Labs with my co-founder, Arvel, where um, I've always been security adjacent and realizing the challenges and uh balancing between generating revenue for a business and protecting said revenue. So there's often that tension between security and engineering and compliance. And so I thought, you know, we need to automate things, improve security and reduce toil at the same time. So I thought that problem was interesting. So here we are today.
0: Wow, uh, and that's that's so interesting, Jeff, that you were going to DEF CON at fourteen fifteen. So even though you said, that you've been kind of security adjacent for a long time clearly there was some interest in security going way back i mean before we kind of dig into other things i'd love to hear a bit more about what was the experience like of of going to defcon at that age
1: yeah that was back in the day where you don't want to bring your phone and then or you bring it you turn it off and and a lot of things were running around unencrypted there but for for me the interest was always around tinkering and and understanding how things work at a low level. And so that led me into that field. And soon into that field, I realized that I just kind of like observing things and having an understanding of what's going on. So security, data, and how that works, and observability, it's all sort of the same thing, like being able to observe what's going on in systems and then building and tinkering, uh, tinkering to build tooling uh, that could do cool things around automation. And that's like, it's kind of this weird intersection of security, data, observability, DevOps, infra. Like it's all super, was super interesting to me and still is today.
0: Well, that's cool. And I've always loved the kind of dual meaning of, of hacker as both someone, how it can be used as someone who likes to break things, but also someone who likes to really deeply understand these kind of technological systems or, or even beyond technological systems. And, uh, of course, I think it's super important to have that understanding to do the breaking. But I love that, that both aspects of it are there. And it's cool that you kind of brought that mentality with you through everything else that you did in your career. And it makes me wonder, I, I know we, you know, we want to kind of jump into the, the conversation around configuration as code. It makes me wonder that is, you know, is your interest in configuration as code and and infrastructure as code and gitops and all of the other stuff that comes along with that does that come partly from that desire to really understand what's going on with a system cuz i certainly see connections between you know codifying our our configurations as a way to be more kind of explicit and more deeply understand the systems
1: yeah that that definitely um, it's about scaling myself or scaling teams. That realization came again and again at Heroku and at Netflix. And, and I guess just working because team at least the teams that I've been on have been pretty lean for some reason. And without automation, we would not have survived. Uh, at Heroku, our Kafka team was like five-ish. And then we ran the entire fleet with us uh and then at netflix we had in our best days i think it was around seven in our worst days it was Me and another person but it was so great because we would get paged so infrequently where when we did get page, we would be like oh shoot like how do we do the thing again and have to look up a, a run book or something because automation would just take care of it most of the time for us and so Really, the, the beauty there is just me being lazy and trying to do less work and make less decisions. Therefore, <laughs> configuration is code.
0: <laughs> okay, so configuration as code becomes kind of your leverage point to be a single engineer and be more effective or to be a small team and be more effective.
1: Yeah, and there's like a beauty to it when you, you configure the thing, you build the surrounding tooling, and it just works it's just like smooth sailing and you, it's kind of nice how how you just kind of sit back and watch how watch it run
0: yeah totally and so can you talk a bit about like how your experiences doing that led to the, like the product idea at Abby Labs and, and and more details about what you're doing at Abby
1: yeah definitely so so Abby we are an access governance platform on top of Terraform Basically, what that means is we try to make it easy for engineers to automate access request flows with their existing Terraform resources. So DevOps engineers, they configure something against groups or infrastructure resources that they might already have. So Abby will help them prevent excessive access uh, simply by extending their existing infrastructure as code setup. So you can do things like grant, automatically revoke access, audit set access at Uh, on the other side, and all of this is for security and compliance. But where where that came from was, as I grew as an IC in my career, you kind of have to keep in mind the needs of the business, where tinkering is one thing, but it's more of like you tinker and you build in alignment with what the business needs. And so you get to like staff or staff, senior staff, staff plus engineer, you kind of have to merge the two and so, a lot of that comes from interfacing with other teams, such as security or compliance. And depending on your organization, like that may be more of a gatekeeper relationship or a partner relationship. And so, hopefully, it's partner, but then you need like tooling and processes to work together. And too many times I've been told, like, hey, you need to do this thing for reasons. And I don't quite understand because as an engineer, I'm just trying to move fast, I'm just trying to build, right? I'm going to give myself admin all day just to get things done. But I know that's not the right thing to do. But then again, I don't have the tooling that helps me do that. So what are the options? Security can come in and do the thing for me. Sure, but they might not have context into the, the infrastructure or services that I owned. own. And number two is I could learn uh, and learn quickly, but like often there's deadlines or timelines there. Uh, or we can just like, do what most people do is like a lot of back and forth through slack or if you're trying to get access to things it's like ticketing systems um and so basically that shouldn't have to happen like ideally i have enough access to do my job and and no more but i just want that i just want it you know i want it more automated than me having to like figure out what to get who to ask and all that stuff
0: yeah, that makes sense. And so I think I heard at first you were kind of focusing on efficiency. Like the original thing that brought you to yeah. configuration as code concepts was the idea that you could be more efficient, get more work done. But I think in what you're just saying there, you're also talking a lot about communication and maybe using, communication, uh, use, using configuration as code. And the, and the related methodologies as sort of tools for communicating across the different stakeholders within the business. Is that kind of a, a appropriate interpretation of what you're saying there?
1: Yeah, communication is, is definitely important, especially for like the, the secu- people driving security initiatives because you need to give the right context to the people that need to implement said requirements or controls and uh the right context is fine but then you'll need the tooling as well because like imagine you being an expert in a particular domain and you need to work with stakeholders in other domains like it's not really feasible for you to go out and learn everything about anything uh so then you need like processes or communication some way to communicate in the tooling uh to complement that so that you can all just get stuff done
0: yeah, and I guess I see you know click ops as sort of the opposite of configuration as code. I see click ops as a, a very free-form kind of pattern and something where the developers of the software have to have really thought about what kind of workflows you might want to enforce and what kind of communication you might want to have, or maybe you have to overlay with a ticketing system and that kind of thing and hope that people are kind of keeping the the information in the ticketing system up to date with the information in our actual production systems so to me kind of an exciting part of this is is seeing that you know when we move towards configuration as code we actually have ways to kind of formalize and enforce these kind of processes
1: yeah totally and and it like clickops is okay to start right like that gets you what you need you do things the hard way you do things manually first understand the patterns or nuances and then you automate the thing where people often forget is like you just keep doing it manually and you brute force your way through forever right like don't forget just automate and then so traditionally you know things like like mdm solutions i got to give the shout out to fleet right so then like configuration is code for for that is like kind of nice too especially at scale when there's so many devices and I, I recently learned, like, like, Apple TV devices are a thing, like MDM on Apple TV devices, right? It's not just your laptop. It's not just your phone. There's other things as well. And as with this whole return to office, I guess we're having rise of the Apple TV devices again. I don't know. But um, I, I think the important thing is, like, yeah, start with ops I guess. It's fine. But don't forget to evolve from that and hopefully you do it sooner than later so then you can free up your time your energy to do other things to generate revenue for your business
0: yeah totally and the and uh, something that kind of hammers at home for me and i don't know if you're familiar with this but the neil stevenson essay about unix as a whole hog Mm -hmm. and uh you know where neil talks about the idea of tools that do very specific purposes and they do exactly as they say And um, to me, that's always been an influential idea in kind of thinking about, you know, GUI based tools versus command line or code based tools and the level of explicitness that I think comes with most code or configuration languages. It's just so much more explicit. And with that, I think it requires certainly a baseline level of understanding to be able to work with that, and that might be a higher baseline than to work with something that's more click ops or GUI-oriented, but I think that that also helps to kind of move from the level of, of tinkerer to a uh, craftsperson uh, and and I, I think start to shift, shift art towards science a bit, which I think, uh, again, helps efficiency. As beautiful as art is...
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um so Jeff, I I you know a big a big question that I have and and certainly cuz we as well, uh, you know, as you mentioned are really into uh, GitOps in particular as a as a methodology for doing configuration as code. But what what would you say to folks who are in organizations where they're perhaps intimidated by the idea of moving to such kind of rigorous and, and formalized processes.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great question because like change is hard, right? Like if you understand, if you really nailed down your processes on how to do things manually, and if there are so many fires in your org that you're trying to put out, like sometimes you forget to take a step back and, and, realize like what other high leverage points, uh, are available for you to make in your business. And so for me, in terms of intimidation for, and step one is like, understand where you're inefficient, try to understand at a high level where your inefficiencies are. And if you find that a lot of toil is happening through people, context switching, um, you know, work, like context, this context switching cost is real, especially for engineers, right? Like you might want to consider that. Uh, and then the other thing is like, okay, are you seeing too much human error? Then that would be another thing that, another reason for you to perhaps pursue machine-based uh, automation. Um, and then the last thing is like, okay, if there's just like new initiatives, like compliance initiatives, like you should probably see if you want to continue, uh, manual, like brute forcing it. And that might be worse if you have more employees or something changes in your business. Now, if we think about it from the technical side, I think click or GitOps and infrastructure as code more broadly has been around for a while. It's quite mature. There's lots of literatures, literature out there. It's at the level of having certifications now, so it's quite mature. (laughs) And so, I would say just like any problem, you probably want to start small and um, and then incrementally build from there. And, um, you know, t- you have teams, you have organizations, you don't have to do it wholesale for your entire company, but you can do it on a team by team basis and then expand from there. I, I think that's a, the, the hardest thing is getting started, right? And the easiest way to get started is, is to start small, which means like lower risk of failure, and then reevaluate to make sure that you're building the right thing and uh, not going off on a crazy path.
0: Yeah, and that's really interesting to hear from you because we've we've kind of tried to support that as well through what we do mm-hmm. at, at Fleet. You, like, there's no functionality that's that's GitOps or configuration as code only. Like, you can still do everything through mm-hmm. the UI, and and we really have this idea of trying to help our customers and our users evolve to these higher efficiency and better auditability uh, constructs through configuration as code, but but believe in, um, in the idea of letting them build up to that and still continue to have click ops. And in particular, I think what's really valuable for folks is to be able to see the current state of configurations rendered in a more friendly user experience than a, than a plain text file. I think that's something that, that folks really appreciate. Have you built into your product any other opportunities for that sort of iterative or incremental adoption of configuration as code that you're talking about?
1: Yeah, our whole, our whole deal is to do incremental, especially when it comes to identity governance and administration, IGA, or anything access related. Usually what people expect is like a wholesale rip and replace and and we don't necessarily want people to do that. So all whole one of our themes is meet people where they are. And I really love what you said. it's it's such a beautiful sentiment because you, you're bas- you basically said you want to meet people where they are with fleet, right? Like DevOps engineers, throw me some IAC tools all day. G- give me the terraform, but I know some people don't like Terraform because reasons, right? And so you want to meet them where they are perhaps with APIs or a UI or something that um, at the end of the day treats whatever infrastructure is code layer you have, like Terraform, let's say, as the protocol layer. And so if that's the protocol layer, you can have other things that perhaps sit on top of that that translates to that. And then with GitOps, like it's, you just have like Terraform files backed by Git. And then you get all of the nice audit trail and all that other pull request stuff out of the back end without having to build too much extra stuff. So for us, yeah, totally incremental uh, in terms of adding access, just as an example, like you don't have to codify codify, like all resources in your infrastructure. You can do it one by one if you want. You can do it more coarse-grained via groups. It doesn't matter. And in terms of the authoring experience, we are – people write terraform today but we're actively working on other interfaces that aren't just terraform
0: yeah and you touched on something there that's really interesting to me as well which is the unification of the of the controls and the auditing and all of that through the source control system again whether you're kind of doing like purely gitops or just doing configuration as code backed by a a source control system i think it's really amazing that across all of these different domains in our organizations now you know across our infrastructure through perhaps terraform and and what abby's built and across our workstations through uh, through what fleet's built with mdm we can have all of our rules and our sort of review workflows and enforcement workflows be going through that same system and I think that the more that we can unify around single sources of truth the easier our tasks become around compliance around auditing and it also I think just helps build familiarity throughout the organization with the processes that we're using so I love that aspect of it as well
1: yeah for sure we gotta been we get a bunch of reuse <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that re that reuse is uh, as well, probably one of the sources of efficiency that, that you mentioned there, like once Mm -hmm. we, once we figure out patterns and we figure out how to duplicate those patterns and apply them to new and related problems, then we really benefit from that. And that's, I think, and that's, and that's, I think to me, that's kind of a fundamental part about being an engineer, at least a, you know, a software engineer or a, an engineer who works on computer things, not so sure about people who are building bridges and that kind of thing. But <laughs> but a, a computer-based engineer professional, I think it's so much of it is about identifying these patterns and these abstractions and figuring out how can we repeat those things without having to do the full set of work over and over again.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%.
0: Well, Jeff, thank you so much for uh, joining in and talking about this today. Before we wrap up, I'd just like to ask, uh, where should folks find you? Are you going to be out at any conferences over the rest of this year? Or are you on social media and places that folks can find you? Uh, we'll link anything that you've got in the show notes, but uh, please let us know.
1: Yeah, sounds good. The best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Uh, you search for Jeff Chow. I have one of the few Jeff Chows on LinkedIn. And uh, other than that, I'm on, uh, I will be at this year's HashiConf 2023, October 10 through 12 in San Francisco. So if you're there, give me a shout up, and then uh, we can meet up and have some coffee.
0: Awesome. Great. And I, I can attest that I had a, an in-person meetup with Jeff Uh, in vegas during the security conferences and it was awesome so i highly recommend anyone who's going to be out there uh, link up with jeff and throw some ideas around well jeff thank you so much for joining us really appreciate your time and wishing you the best with the work with abby labs and pushing forward configuration as code
1: cool thanks for having me zach